0: Welcome to the LeadsCon Industry Insider Podcast, where we explore all aspects of today's lead gen industry. From customer engagement and acquisition, to lead conversion and sales, we connect with key thought leaders on measurable marketing, consumer behavior, and privacy, plus all the new technologies and trends that shape the industry. Hi, everybody, and thank you for tuning in and joining us for our inaugural LeadsCon Industry Insider Podcast Series. I'm your host and content director for LeadsCon, Warren Pickett. And through this series, we'll be connecting with industry thought leaders for quick conversations on what's driving the lead industry today and ways you can set yourself up for success tomorrow. Now, given the recent business environment in the face of a global pandemic, we've all had to change business as usual. And as such, more than ever, it's important that we all stay connected to help us through these challenges, look for opportunities, and find new ways to engage consumers to foster lead generation. Regardless of your role in the industry, we'll share insights to help you as we connect with those who are inside the industry, as well as guests who are outside the industry for some broader perspective. I'm very pleased today to have Jonathan Pompen joining us. And Jonathan is a partner with the legal team at Venable LLP in Washington, D.C. He's also an industry veteran in the lead gen space. And in his role at Venable, he advises advertisers, marketers, and others on regulatory compliance. Jonathan, it's great to have you with us. Thank you for joining us.
1: Well, thank you, Warren. I'd much rather have been at LeedsCon last week um, with you and everyone else, but I'm glad to join everybody today and to touch on... A variety of the issues facing the sector today in light of the current circumstances.
0: Absolutely. It's it is a little bit surreal that we weren't in Vegas last week. Uh, we, we miss everybody as well. Uh, but hopefully we can take this opportunity to stay connected and, and give some you know, feedback and, and resources back to the community at large. So thank you. Um, you know, for today's episode, given the current environment. We know that the government and private sectors are engulfed with all things related to COVID-19, but we thought it was a good time to look at the compliance issues and ultimately ask the question, who's minding the store? Jonathan, I know you're well-known for your panels at LeedsCon, where you've brought federal and state regulators to the stage, from organizations such as the FTC and the CFPB, and also some state regulators for example, the New York Department of Financial Services. So let's start there with, you know, how are the regulators responding and, and what's the landscape for Lee Gen look like given the current circumstances?
1: Thanks, Warren. And, you know, Who's Mining the Store is uh, actually a uh, 1960s Jerry Lewis movie, um, comedy, of course, physical comedy. Um, but there's really no, no, no laughing matter about the current circumstances, or really, who's minding the store, um, from a legal or regulatory standpoint, uh, the reality is is that the federal and state regulators you know, are still very much uh, on the scene. They've indicated they'll continue to move forward with investigations where possible, you know, particularly investigations that do not or you know, have not required in-person interviews or investigative hearings. Usually, those happen um, from time to time midway through an investigation. Um, But, you know, we've seen in our own practice already a continuation of investigations and enforcement work that the agencies were were doing, and we've seen a continuation of that even in the last four weeks. You know, uh, similarly, while, you know, there could be a slowdown in rulemakings uh, in particular areas, uh, just as a practical matter because of work from home. Um, We've seen that continue, too. um, The CFPB and others have indicated that that will pick up again, uh, particularly small-dollar lending rule, uh, which is something that folks have been anticipating. And then, you know, on licensing and supervision, you know, and particularly folks in the mortgage space or personal lending, where there's licensing for lead generation activities, in some cases over multiple states, certainly they've heard already from the regulators that are licensing them and supervising them. And I can tell you that that's continuing, um, some slight changes. And then um, we've actually been working with some folks who uh, have been attempting to seek licensing, stand up new business lines, uh, get into uh, personal loan lead gen, as well as also in mortgage space. And those applications it will continue to be processed. Um, there may be a couple hiccups from time to time. Um, But, you know, issues like fingerprinting and notarization of documents um, may take a little longer, but for the most part, it's all continuing. And so the big takeaway is is that whether it be on a state-by-state basis or on a federal basis, the uh, folks that regulate and look at oftentimes will scrutinize uh, online advertising are still on the job. And, uh, you know, the reality is, is that many of the different vertical areas that, Online regeneration and telemarketing marketing uh, play a role in are areas that the government will be scrutinizing even more in light of uh, the current circumstances, uh, whether that be you know offers for PPE and and other uh, you know related items or even uh, the uh, scam or um, the the teaser uh, related to coronavirus. Um, could be something that could subject the organization to some degree of scrutiny. So, you know, keeping up with risk management responsibilities will be important.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Jonathan, you've given us a good overview of, of kind of what's happening with the regulators. You know, they, they've had to pivot a little bit, but they're still on the job. And, and like you said, it's important that uh, companies not draw too much attention to themselves in this time, um, you know, given the, the current environment. Um, but staying on the regulatory landscape, what does it mean for publishers and, and aggregators in terms of their relationships with the buyers uh, in, in lead gen?
1: Yeah, you know, that's something that takes me back to actually the sessions we did at the uh, 2019 LeedsCon conference in Las Vegas, where Andrew Smith, the Director of Consumer Protection at the Federal Trade Commission, spoke on lead generation, and his comments touched on that and really were uh, applicable really to any of the agencies out there that are involved in, in regulation. So for consumer financial services, the CFPB and the state AGs, you know, his comments were somewhat universal and you know, we could do a uh, find and replace, but the, the, the key takeaway from his fireside chats that he did with myself and, and my partner, Alexandra McGarris was, was twofold. One is, is that the complexity of the lead generation ecosystem just isn't a shield against liability from the FTC or really, again, any government agency standpoint. And nor does it exempt the buyers from honoring and exercising fundamental consumer protection principles. The takeaway was that advertisers should take the lead in ensuring that leads they use and purchase aren't the product of deception or misleading or abusive activities. And you know, there's a series of cases that the FTC has brought and some that the CFPB has brought and others that have targeted buyers um, in different verticals and uh, not only put the onus on them to take responsibility, but then have also gone down the chain. Now, historically, from time to time, those examples existed, but there were also many where the uh, FTC would go up the chain. Uh, they'd identify one particular telemarketer and then uh, work their way uh, through the trail uh, of where the, wherever the leads, you know, follow that lead was the name of the FTC workshop on lead gen. And there, there a reason for that. Um, so, you know, the many different lessons that can be learned from that, but the, you know, one of the key ones of course is to exercise due diligence. And in this climate, it'll be as important as always to, to dot the i's, cross the t's, but then also, you know, make sure that folks take into account um, what the facial advertising really is and what's around uh, the advertising that generates the lead. You know, in particular, I'm reminded of uh, co-reg and other types of um, strategies for lead generation that have come under scrutiny over the years. Where um, you can see that making some of that making a comeback um, because it, it could generalize, generally, generally. Induce consumers inbound, and uh, that's oftentimes you know ripe for um, potential abuse whenever there's like a co marketing type situation. Um, so, you know, monitoring is going to be really important. And but there's a big takeaway I, I know, Warren, you asked about buyers, but for those of you who are sellers for you know, affiliate advertisers and publishers, it's important to remember that you know the ecosystem. For it to work, requires a degree of transparency and participation by those downstream who are actually in contact with the consumer, um, and uh, a degree of transparency not just to the consumer, but to everybody up the chain. You know, uh, buyers, you know, need to be able to understand easily whom they're buying from, and if they can't, uh, they're liable to potentially just decide to de-risk, and that would really be an unfortunate situation particularly given the current circumstance.
0: No, it's great, Jonathan. You know, I think uh, uh, just to address both buyers and sellers, kind of their responsibility in all of this, and and like you said, uh, all those key touch points along the way, Um, you know, switching over for a minute to the business side of things, I've been having conversations with, with lots of people in the lead gen space where some are doing very well in the current market, uh, but obviously most people are not. And, you know, are there measures right now that companies can be taking to help them brace for the economic downturn that we're all experiencing?
1: Yeah, uh, there's no question. Uh, for some in the sector, it is hard times. You know, throughout the country, throughout the world, um, there's a lot of belt tightening taking place um, Unemployment. Um, in consumer buying habits and abilities. And so as a result of that, um, you know, all, I'm sure all sectors are going to be impacted and certainly, you know, lead generation is going to be no exception. And, you know, so I don't have a lot to say, um, you know, specifically, obviously, about the current circumstances. Um, but there is, you know, a number of different steps that can be taken by companies proactively um, from a just a business planning and strategy standpoint and you know while I'm uh, certainly known for being at the LeedsCon conferences and otherwise uh, involved in legal and regulatory issues, a fair amount of my practice is also general business counseling um, and oftentimes it's small businesses um, and you know entrepreneurs and in this environment um, you know there's actually some very specific programs that have been aimed at Uh, Helping small businesses and uh, their employers. So, um, for many uh, are probably already aware, back in in late March, uh, Congress and the President signed into law the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act. That's the CARES Act. Uh, It was the third of uh, what, up to now, has been three stimulus packages uh, initiated by Congress and signed by the President in response to the current circumstances. And one of the core pieces of the CARES Act is the provision for $349 billion worth of small business aid through federally backed loans under a modified and expanded Small Business Administration Loan Guarantee Program. It's called the Paycheck Protection Program and getting a lot of attention and the program is designed to make funds available through qualifying small businesses and that it's sort of a defined term, but it's been broadened to be virtually almost any business, uh, generally under 500 employees. Um, and there's a huge component of loan forgiveness there uh, for, uh, for the loan. So organizations that qualify uh, based on a variety of different factors and calculations around payroll costs, particularly, um, can qualify for up to a $10 million loan, Um, for uh, cover payroll costs and other uh, expenses, um, including even utility expenses, which could be internet services, uh, actually, which would be really neat for this sector, uh, but really for anyone at this point. And those costs uh, can be actually, if if done appropriately and spent for a particular period of time, over a period of time, being an eight week period stretching into June, Uh, the loans can be forgiven. Um, And if not, they're still at a very low interest rate. So um, it's an important program. Small business administration's administering it. It has an evolving set of guidance, and there's certainly a lot of noise around the application and the ability for banks to get the money, or or really the applications processed, and then eventually to get the money out. Um, And For those that have been following it, it's something that has been uh, in the news quite a bit. From our counseling standpoint, I can say that uh, for those that are not familiar with the Small Business Administration loan programs, um, that's not necessarily uh, either a prerequisite um, because this is actually broader than that. So nobody has to have a pre existing relationship with the Small Business Administration or a Small Business Administration loan. Um, and for any organization that thinks they may need, Economic assistance, particularly for their employees, and where to make payroll during this time period. This is um, something that folks should really take a close look at. Now, interestingly enough, also Warren, it's a potential potential business opportunity for some because there is actually an ability to be an agent or actually a non bank lender uh, to small businesses. So, uh, for those that are already involved in the financial services sector either doing advertising, marketing, or other service provision, um, or have some connection to small businesses through their lead gen relationships, there may be an opportunity here either to partner with a bank or to serve as essentially a broker slash, you know, air quotes lead generator uh, for bank partnership or banks uh, directly that are seeking to have relationships with businesses that are impacted. So there is a, uh, application process for that. It's um, not extremely onerous. They've actually lifted a number of the requirements, and uh, there's actually a long standing program of being an agent to an approved lender for small business loans. They've modified that slightly, and it's something that uh, companies may be interested in participating in, actually, as a business opportunity there's certain restrictions on the referral relationships and certain requirements that have to be followed but ultimately one can be compensated not by the recipient of the loan the borrower but rather uh, by the lender uh, out of the lender's proceeds from government funds that would be offsetting their expenses for uh, for administering the loan program
0: yeah no that's great Jonathan and you know, as in all of this, we know that it's still very fluid as well. Congress is still meeting again to talk about, you know, next steps for helping small businesses. Uh, there's more discussion going on at, at, uh, state and local level and as well as the federal level. So, um, you know, more to come for sure. It's, it's very, yeah, fluid.
1: you know, the, the overlay of the federal, uh, CarES Act programs, as well as also the state programs is um, is one that's extremely important for folks to recognize there's a lot of supplemental now, even for unemployment right. benefits uh, the extra six hundred there's an economic disaster uh, program loan program uh, which essentially could become a grant that could be forgiven through for small business administration. Um, there are a number of programs and it's sort of the baseline for many is to have been in business starting, I believe, February 15th is usually the uh the cutoff um that usually would apply to most in this audience and certainly um to any that would have uh been you know attending LeedsCon. And um the the benefit there can be one where it's a short-term assistance program. Um and you know none of us of course know how long this will last and these programs will probably continue to be expanded for as long as they're needed.
0: Yep, for sure. Um, So we've got time for one more question. You know, as we look down the road a little bit to the other side of the pandemic, uh, what do you think the industry is going to be, you know, should be prepared for and and anticipate a year from now, uh, really looking to to spring of 2021?
1: Well, uh, hopefully in spring of 2021, uh, we will have been just at, at LeedsCon 2021. And uh, actually reminiscing hopefully about uh, Leedscon 2020 absolutely uh, from sometime this coming fall right. um, and you know, hopefully we're, we're we're as fortunate to be able to all do that and um, but you know from a legal and regulatory standpoint, I think what's important to recognize is, is that you know companies will be judged then by their actions today. what I mean by that is is that you know it's extremely important you know to for organizations, particularly ones uh, involved in advertising to consumers or even to small businesses, is to avoid facilitating anything that's, uh, you know, scammy related to uh, the current circumstances, Uh, you know, whether it's the FTC, the CFPB, FDA, state attorneys general, and others, you know, they're all putting out a lot of consumer guidance. You know, the inverse of that is, is, um, you know, sort of bright lights don't help perpetuate um, is the sort of the message to industry and you know and whether it even be in even as early as February the FTC was warning about you know bogus vaccination and other scams you've got um, you know a variety of different um, enforcement mechanisms available to government and even the Department of Justice is bringing in some cases criminal charges against businesses so you know I think it'd be important to um, in this time of uh, uncertainty and potential business opportunities is to, you know, think carefully about what those may be and, and what the underlying advertising marketing messages may be to the consumer. Um, and then conversely, um, you know, th- this, it, you know, for lack of a, um, better opportunity is a time for businesses to take a step back, reassess, um, and build for the, for whatever will be next. Um, I can remember even in the two thousand eight two thousand and nine time period I'm sure many listening do um you know with, during the mortgage crisis, there was a lot of uncertainty about what would happen. but you know if you think think retrospectively about the um the build out that could be done, the updates um you know uh, there will be a need uh for um a retooling and revamping of of the economy and once that starts happening. You know, consumers and, and others will need uh, products and services. They may not be exactly the same as before, um, but that'll be something that I think hopefully uh, organizations can look forward to. I know from our perspective, um, the compliance, the legal, and regulatory issues um, that folks address today um, can be extremely beneficial, not just for the present, but also for the future. Um, the you know the potential for opportunities for investment um, by outside investors or um, to uh, even become a public company um, you know can really hinge on whether or not there's an ability to demonstrate legal and regulatory compliance to those and so I think it's important also in in addition to recognizing that there are you know any number of opportunities and obviously recalibration taking place um, to, you know, to be, you know, uh, really, avoid, you know, help uh, be pennywise you know, penny wise and pound foolish. You don't, you don't want to be in a situation where um, folks skimp on, on really minding the store.
0: Yeah, good advice there, Jonathan. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's always great to connect with you. Uh, thank you for sharing with us today. And thanks to everybody today for listening. Um, We're excited to be kicking off this first uh, in our series of podcasts. That's it for this episode of the LeedsCon Industry Insider. And uh, we hope you'll check back with us. Please subscribe and share this podcast as we're just getting started. And we've got many great guests lined up to help inform the lead gen community. We hope everyone will stay well and stay safe. And we look forward to connecting with you on future podcasts. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into this episode of LeedsCon's Industry Insider Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for the latest news, insights, and the best takeaways you need to drive your
1: performance marketing to the next level.